Welcome to Taiwan Yuan, where we'll share stories of Taiwanese innovators, makers, and advocates. I'm your host, Cindy. Today we're chatting with Joel Chang, the author of Quiet is a Superpower, The Secret Strengths of Introverts in the Workplace. It's known as the must-have book for today's quiet warriors, so we'll find out from Joel herself why she chose to share her life story with the world and what these lessons are that both introverts and extroverts can learn from. Let's meet Jill. Hi, Jill. Tell us about yourself and your connection to Taiwan. Hi, everyone. My name is Jill. Uh, I'm Taiwanese. So <laughs> actually, I spent the majority of my life here based in Taipei, Taiwan. I uh, went to the U.S. for graduate school for two years. I travel for business, but most of my time I spend with my family here in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So you're a very Taiwanese representation for us. Right. You recently wrote a book a few years ago called right. Quiet is a Superpower, mm-hmm. um, and now you've launched it internationally. So congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. Can you tell the listeners about this book? Yeah, sure. So this book is all about how introverts can survive and thrive in the workplace. I'm an extreme introvert, and I have so much struggles along the way of like growing up in family, in school, and now workplace is even worse because in the workplace, actually nobody's obligated to help you, and you're pretty much on your own. But after ten something years of working experience, I I tried different ways of climbing up in the corporate ladder. I started as an intern in the sports industry. And now I oversee a team across twenty-something countries. So with that experience, I feel like yeah, maybe it's time to share my own stories to my fellow introverts, to let them know that they're not alone, and also to share my tips to better set them up and to share with them that okay, there are things that you can do in addition to like trying to mimicking other mm-hmm. extroverts, and there are ways for us to succeed too. I would definitely classify this book as part guide, part memoir. Why do you think it's important to share those personal stories for you? And was it hard? It was very hard for me because as an introvert, I am very private, and I、mm-hmm. don't like sharing my experience, especially those like struggles、yeah. and difficulties in my life. That's just not something I do every day. But I realized that、um, only by sharing that difficulties and struggles and obstacles in my life、um, can help the introverts understand that I I am one of them.、Mm-hmm. I'm not like a professor or a psychologist. They're so high above there.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to share my personal journey because I started from scratch and I learned everything in a hard way.、Mm-hmm. I. Just want them to know that it's okay to have obstacles and it's okay to face all those challenges. But I think it's very important for me to also share the lessons learned so that they can avoid some confusions and frustration that I experienced.、Mm-hmm. So let's learn about you. Can you tell us about how you started in the sports industry and what challenges you faced there? Yeah, so I got my master's in sports management from University of Minnesota. So my first job is with Minnesota Twins. It's、mm-hmm. a professional baseball team in Minnesota. I actually started as a marketing intern. Being in the sports industry, it's very difficult for an introvert like me. 
For example, even on Monday morning, everyone just had their six pack of Red Bulls and very <laughs> energized. And, uh, it's very fast、um, mm-hmm. moving, very full of stimuli. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't do a great job blending in because I found it very difficult for me. I was always the quiet one in the room in meetings or in brainstorming sessions. I always listened because I was like. Yeah, you guys are sharing so much information, and I need time to digest. I need time to think everything through before I can say something appropriate. That's、yeah. my approach, but that's just not the way sport industry work. They want fast answers. They want、mm. quick actions. They want you to be creative and share your creativity in a very obvious way.、Mm-hmm. That's just not what I do. I knew that, so I talked to my boss, and I was like. Yeah, we're a marketing department. Our goal is to attract the audience, right? Our goal is to get people to buy tickets to see our games. Can I sit in a more back end side of the department? I can analyze.、Mm-hmm. I can do、uh, research, and I don't mind digging my head into all those data to come up with a strategy that fits our、uh, department. So that's what I. Proposed to my supervisor, and she agreed. So that's how I learned the first lesson in my career, which is that instead of always trying to make yourself someone you're not, it's always better to think of a strategy that better fits your strength and fits your personality. And you asked for it, right? That's a huge step. It is. <laughs> it was because I I was like, oh my god, if I keep doing this, I'll end up losing my job, and、mm. I don't want to lose my job. So instead of like following whatever they say to me, I decided to be creative, and I decided to speak up for myself. I wonder if sports industry was so difficult. Why did you do it in the first place? <laughs> It's my passion. So、mm-hmm. I've been a baseball fan since I was very little. So my dream has always been、uh, like working for a professional sports or a professional baseball team. And I really like marketing because I think that's the thing that would attract people to the games and keep people interested in the games, even though the games are not always exciting all the time. I like the industry as a whole. So I spend a lot of effort finding my own space there. So you took that first step, you know, a long time ago when you were an intern. Did you end up finding your own space in that industry? Yeah, actually, after my internship finished, I moved back to Taiwan and I worked for a sports agency. And I was lucky enough to be one of the first professional baseball agents here in Taiwan.、Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate to work with promising young baseball players as my clients. So within eighteen months, I signed five. Contracts、wow. <laughs> for them with the major league baseball teams. So that's how my career started here in Taiwan.、Mm-hmm. Do you think that was a better fit for you? No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all.、Oh, yeah. uh, the struggle continues, and、yeah. it's even bigger because in marketing, it's more like gender equal. I, I would say that,、mm-hmm. but in the area of Player development, where mm, are, there、I、are、see. a lot of like scouts, coaches,、yeah. and、uh, VPs. They they make huge decisions on the contracts. It's like ninety nine percent of them are white old guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Story of my life. Yeah. So so every time when I talk to someone and they're thirty or forty years older than me and they've、mm-hmm. been in this industry forever, I was twenty six year old. I was a yellow girl. So every time I talk to them, they were like, "Why are you even here? Let me talk to your manager." Right. Actually, nobody saw me seriously at that point, so that was very challenging. But you still signed five big contracts, right? Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> I managed to find my own ways to do that. Um, I、yeah. one thing I realized is that because I am very good at like doing research, I'm good at maintaining one-on-one relationships with my clients, with their coaches and families and everything. But when you're out there representing your clients, I realized that oh, the teams they want a male to、mm. represent the clients. So I was like, yeah, if my goal is to get the contract signed, if my goal is to negotiate the best for my clients, I cannot let my gender or my appearance affect their potential or their deal. My manager is a male,、mm-hmm. and、uh, he's definitely older than me. So I was like, yeah. Whenever we negotiate with the scouts or with the teams, can you be in that room too? But、uh. everything behind is I draft the contract. I did everything I could,、mm-hmm. and it worked. So、mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that's one of my strategies to、mm-hmm. use that manager as、yeah. the face of the team and finally still get the job done. It hurts me that you needed to do that, but、yeah. you played the game really, right?、Mm-hmm. So now you're leading a nonprofit. How many times did you end up changing your career? <laughs> There are so many big shifts. My career started in the sports industry, and I had a chance to work for a state of Louisiana government before I、uh, joined the social sector. So three major shifts, and also I think not having a plan is important too, because I I know that we have all the stereotypes of we need to know where we are in three or five or ten years. But my thinking to that is actually we don't really need a plan. I don't even know what would happen next week. How do I know where I would be in three, five, ten years? I understand that people, especially introverts, would get anxious about not having a goal. All we need to do is really to focus on what's happening now and focus on giving all your efforts in making that happen. And once you try your best, you will find. You're actually opening up a lot of opportunities that you never thought of. Take myself for example, because I wanted to share my story, so I wrote the book. And after the book published, my life totally changed. I got a lot of speaking engagements, and I was invited to different countries to speak. And I never thought of that as a professional because it's not even my world. And looking back, I was able to do that because. I put all my heart and soul into this book. Based on your experience across all these jobs, do you have general strategies you can share with us? Sure. So I think basically it, it may sound like a cliche, but <laughs> really embracing yourself and embracing your personality and strength would be my top strategy for all the introverts and extroverts.、Um, let me give you an example. I I still remember. I attended one of those huge international conferences where there were a thousand participants from forty-something countries, and my boss took me there with the goal of signing ten new clients by the end of that four-day conference. 
I was so nervous. I flew there、uh, with two boxes of newly printed business cards, and they kicked off the conference by a cocktail party. I still remember what I feel during that cocktail party. When I enter the ballroom, it's a huge, glamorous ballroom, and people are chatting in circles, laughing, holding their cocktails. And I was standing by the door,、uh, holding my business card, but couldn't know what to do,、mm. like because <laughs> I didn't know anyone there,、mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to start a conversation with any strangers. So I kept thinking, okay, ten clients, ten clients. I need that ten <laughs> clients. And then I realized, no, I can't do that. So I actually went back to my hotel rooms, and never came out the room for the night. But at the end of the conference, instead of ten clients, I actually signed three hundred clients. What? <laughs> Wait, back up. What happened? <laughs> What happened, Ray? So I I stayed in the hotel room for the night, but I but I wasn't there watching TV or or sleeping. I actually、oh. went through all the background information of all the thousand participants. And I shortlisted five of them that may be helpful to achieve my goals. They are、mm-hmm. either a leader of a large organization or key influence leaders. So I set up one-on-one coffee chats with them,、mm-hmm. and by the end of the day, one of them really liked what I said and my offer. So he said, "So I have three hundred members in my group.、Nice. How about let's <laughs> bring them all on board?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's do that." <laughs> So yeah, that's one of the、uh, examples that I really like to share because that was the first time that I realized that instead、mm-hmm. of playing by their rules by、yeah. exchanging business cards at the cocktail party, I can create my own battlefield that's at my advantage, and I successfully achieved my goal and more. Oh, <laughs> I want to shed a tear. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just so proud of you in some way, and I I learned a similar lesson where so I'm not an introvert, but I appear really young for my age. I'm actually 33, but everyone always thinks I'm early 20s. And I had really similar experiences where I did a lot of things to try to move up in my、mm-hmm. career and get、mm-hmm. promoted, but time and time again. I think the biggest hurdle for me is becoming a people manager、mm. because of how I appear, and、right. people say. I really think you have the aptitude, you have the potential, but you just appear too young.、Right. That's literally、yeah. the feedback. Right. So I'm currently a director of growth at a company. Without changing my clothes, or a lot of girls actually will tone down their voices, or they、mm. pitch down.、Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of changing myself, I basically created the job. I found a job that was needed, and then I just pitched for it to exist. Nobody was saying to me, you know. I think you should go for a promotion, <laughs> and you just have to know your worth, and then where you can fit in a space, and no one else is looking.、So、right. That's why I really love your story. Right. Thank you. So we talked about the importance of being yourself, finding your own battlefield.、Mm-hmm. Do you have any first steps they should follow? Yeah. In the process, there are definitely going to be a lot of trial and error. We are in the process of knowing ourselves. We're in the process of really exploring our talents and capacities, and it's not a very comfortable process.、Mm-hmm. So, my suggestion for introverts, especially young professional, is always think outside of the box. Always think, okay, in this scenario, what can I do as me?、Mm-hmm. What do they want me to do? And find an overlap. 
uh, between these two, and that may be the the place you want to start with. You know that I'm an extrovert, and you're an introvert. Should extroverts read your book? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I gave a lot of speeches and trainings、um, in corporations, and a lot of the positive feedbacks are actually from the extroverts, especially the extroverted managers,、mm-hmm. because their difficulty is that they don't know how to communicate with their introverted members.、Mm-hmm. So all those managers are talking to me like, "How do I know what's <laughs> on their mind if they're not talking, and how do I?" Better utilize their talents and their potential. So I think, to some extent, we we all have introverted people and extroverted people on the same team, and it's always important for people to know each other to better work with each other. And it's really a great opportunity to learn more from them because they are not going to tell you everything about themselves, like what they like. How they think, or how we can better support them, or how we can better use their talents, and I think that's the whole point of teamwork, right? Are there any top misconceptions you'd like to break for them? Yeah, I think there are a lot of stereotypes. Like introverts are lone wolves; they're、uh, less aggressive, they're less ambitious, and they're even antisocial. They're not good. Team players,、mm-hmm. um, but actually introverts are amazing team players because they don't like to be in the center of attention and they value teamwork a lot.、Mm. And they're very willing to really sit down and get the job done without like having any external stimuli, for example, credits、mm. or promotions. Or it's all about like how they want to get that job done. Introverts are amazing team players. We just need to find a way to really use their talents and bring them on board when working with them. Tying things back to Taiwan or maybe Asia, how do you think culture impacts introversion? As a Taiwanese, I come from a relatively introverted culture. When I was little, we were all told to be. Humble to listen more than talk, <laughs> and to be attentive to others' needs and、mm-hmm. demands. But I realize in Western culture, like in the U.S., people are encouraged to be more expressive,、mm. to be more aggressive, and really showcasing about everything. the The cultural aspect is so different because you can see and you can hear things like. Just do it, or say yes to everything, or <laughs> impossible is nothing. It's everywhere. Yeah,、um, it's very different. The way Western culture see introvert is very different too, because in Taiwan, or at least in Eastern Asian countries, being quiet isn't always a bad thing. We、mm. have phrases like、uh, 沉默是金 or we always would、mm. think that people talk less are deep thinkers. They may have more wisdom than people are talkative, but it's the opposite in the Western culture. If you don't say anything, <laughs>、right. people would just assume that you don't know anything and you're not thinking or、yeah. you don't have any ideas. It's part of my learning too is to transition from this introverted culture to blending that extroverted culture. I I trained myself to speak something even though I know that's not the perfect answer to increase my visibility to make the impression that hey I I can do this and that's very different、um, in a cultural perspective. 
even for me, I used to train myself to have one valuable thing to say in a meeting with especially senior people in the room, right? But I would write it down before the meeting. Mm. I already had the thought. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a very good strategy for introverts too. We because we're better at preparing and we're not very good at responding immediately. So always prepare something before the meeting, before the big presentation or or like group discussions is always helpful. Your book was first published in Taiwan and now it's gone global. What kind of impact would you like to have on the Taiwanese workplace and also the global workplace? My dream is to really create a more introvert-friendly environment, uh, especially workplace. There is still a mismatch of how people see introverts in the workplace. People still tend to value extroverted characteristics more. Mm-hmm. So my dream, in- including writing the book, including giving um, speeches and uh, trainings in corporations. It would be really nice if everyone knows how to work with the other type of people. If they can respect each other and maximize each other's potential, I think that would be the ideal scenario for me. This is the first non-fiction Taiwanese book to be translated in English, chosen by a major publisher. Huge accomplishment. How can we support your book, Quiet is a Superpower? Oh, so they're available on Amazon and all all those online platforms. And if you're interested in supporting independent bookstores, you can go to indiebelt.com to select independent bookstore in your neighborhood and buy your books there. Don't forget to add a review of Quiet Is a Superpower on Goodreads, Amazon, wherever you made your purchase, to help support Taiwanese authors like Jill during this time. If you like this episode, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends. Taiwan Jiao.